Hello, I'm Paul Goddard. I'm Jeff Watts. And welcome to the Agile Podcast, the show in which Jeff and I discuss what Agile is really all about over a pint or two in the pub. In each episode, we chat about our experiences as two Agile coaches in today's ever-changing world. So grab yourself a drink from the bar, pull up a chair and enjoy what I'm sure you will agree is probably the best Agile pub-related podcast in the world. I've brought the money over, not the glass. <laughs> know where your priorities are. <laughs> Here you go, sir. Mm. Bought this for you, special. Aspel Premier Crew. Cider with a Y. Have you sorted out the audio then? Yeah, we're recording, mate. Oh. I don't know what you're doing, eating chocolate. Get with, the, get with the program. And I've got a hop cross bun ale. We're, we're, the, we're, the, we're the coach house, aren't we? Our new virtual pub. Yeah. We are. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the coach house. This, this coach house is on the south coast, not far from Bournemouth. Off to the our right, you can't see it, is the wonderful English Channel. It's the English Channel, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. And, yeah, I've got a hop cross bun ale, because it's Easter time, and you've got a... It's an interesting colour. Aspel Premier Crew Cider. Cider with a Y. An elegant extra dry cider with a light floral aroma. It's just 6.8%, Jeff. <laughs> I Strap yourselves in, listeners. You'll be pleased to know, <laughs> listeners, I'm not driving after I'm drinking this. Cheers. Cheers. In our Agile podcast glasses, which uh, one of which will be winging its way to our competition winner. Yes. In fact, probably already arrived. <laughs> cheers. Enjoy. And cheers. Mm -mm -mm. How are you, my friend? I'm good. Not too bad. I feel a bit rosy-cheeked already. Yes. Well, we've been outside in the lovely fresh air, haven't we? Enjoying some fresh air. Catching, well, I was catching fish, Jeff. All right. Uh, well, fish, singular. It was a beauty, though. Still one more than you, though, isn't it? Mm-hmm. At the end of the day. We finally found something that Paul can beat me at. <laughs> After all these Actually, years. I'm ping-pong. You can beat me at ping-pong. Ping-pong. Table tennis, as we call it. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm not too bad, mate. I'm There's a difference between table tennis and ping pong. Is there? Apparently. Is this a joke? No. Sounds <laughs> like a leading to a joke. <laughs> that probably is a joke as well. No, my, my father-in-law was very, very talented at table tennis. And he told me once there is a difference. I can't remember what the difference is, but there is a difference. I just thought ping pong was the more kind of um, US name for it. That's what Boris Johnson called it, wasn't it? Was it? Mm. Okay. Sounds to do with the Olympics. Anyway. Um... Yeah. Uh, any any landlord logic for us this, this week? Yes. Landlord logic. So, any uh, any landlord logic for us this week, Paul? Landlord logic. Yes. Um, I stumbled across a little uh, one of the, again one of these plates uh, just on the wall of a pub behind it behind the bar. We'll, again, we'll we'll put a picture of it on the. Uh, 
on the video, and it's just on it. It says teamwork. Teamwork means never having to take all the blame, <laughs> which I thought was quite. It made me laugh at the time. Yeah. Uh, and it got me thinking about yes, it, yeah. I've I've been doing some coaching recently with um with a company who are going through some team changes and 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 the kind of they're thinking about restructuring scaling scaling stroke restructuring stroke um reimagining teams interesting and um again it's very difficult because you've got no there's no blueprint to follow it's uh and once is Isn't it there? well even after all these years i don't think so there's no every, every company is different every uh, every uh, every transformation is different so they're struggling with that and it got me thinking about you know trying to help trying to advise trying to um look at the best way or the right way to to move into it okay so the what where what's their starting point well there are functional silos no so they've already got a f um four i think four established scrum teams um but they're looking to move from four to five, I think. But with 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 moving from four to five comes its problems with uh, ownership and and scaling other aspects of that system, other aspects of their their infrastructure, their platforms. So it's not just as simple as well. It's it could be just as simple as spinning up, you know, spinning up a new team. So are they hiring more people, or are they actually just take? taking people from different teams like splitting them There's yeah I think they're thinning out a little bit okay. uh, and trying to bring on an extra scrum master to take on that extra team um, but so yeah and uh, they, I went in there a few weeks ago and, and, and was having a chat with them about it um, and about some of the options they've got how they should do it how they should split it and it uh, it got me thinking about um, well I started to do a bit of research about um what the latest or the more uh, recent thinking is about about teams, right? And I came across team topologies. Are you aware of it? Yep. Yeah. Matthew Skelton. Matthew Skelton and Manuel Pace. Pace. I don't know how you pronounce it. Apologies. Pace. Manuel Pace. Um, and they wrote a book. I think it was a few years back now. The, the book came out from what I saw. Hmm. Um, but it was interesting. Um, and their theory on it is effectively when you're looking to when the system starts to outgrow the team and the the infrastructure starts to outgrow um the the team that the whole the system needs to scale and how do you scale your teams and architecture with it and i thought it was interesting so i i i, I thought we'd perhaps walk through the bit of that if you if you're up for that cool so is is it like an exercise that you do with them um well they do i think they do um offer workshops and things like that and um, and training sessions on it but uh, there's um I just got some got hold of some little uh diagrams here which we will we'll, we'll show later but uh, in terms of way to map it out visually Ooh, like, map like visualization out. like our last episode yeah very much so so you can kind of start to see and imagine what your teams and structures might look like but they've got a few very basic theor or basic theories about the types of teams that you might have in an organization and the types of interactions that those teams might have between them. Okay, we're we talking like component teams, cross-functional teams. 
From what I understand, teams. yeah, in a, okay. in, a, in diff, using different language. Okay. Yeah, and they talk a lot about um, cognitive team cognitive load. Mm. So the idea is that when one team's cognitive load, if they're basically if they're trying to take on too much, they're having to remember too many things, having to do too many things. Okay. It's time to start thinking about splitting that out into effectively into different teams. Okay. Um, but I'll be interested in where this is going because I've already got a question in my head. Okay. Well, let's just walk through the theory. Okay. Uh, first of all, so there's different types of teams. I'm going to make a note of the question because my memory can't be relied upon these days. One second. So yeah, the, fir the first type of team that they talk about is this idea of stream-aligned teams. And stream-aligned teams are these cross-functional, end-to-end responsible teams responsible for delivering, for having the, the core elements of building the product within their own team, within their own remit. So they, 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 are, they would be responsible for delivering chunks of customer value. So I, I yes. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. So I'd think of those as like value streams. Yes. Yeah. All right. Okay. And so in old money, um, that's what I talk about feature teams a lot. And I know that you do the idea of having this, uh, this, this t a team dedicated to building parts mm. of your product. Okay. That's what they refer to as streamlined teams. And then they, talk, they also talk about so sharing this idea of cognitive load. So when these teams, if the, the number of these teams scales, those teams might need to be support, uh, supported by what, as far as I was used to call, component teams. Okay. And component teams would tend to be, in team topologies uh, language and terminology, that would be something more in terms of a platform team. Okay. So platform doesn't actually have to be a software platform. I don't think so. Right. But it's basically, it's, it's, it's more technical level. It could be uh, DevOps. It could be um, cross-component or, or shared components, shared architectures. So that would be something that it would be more efficient to have outside of the, yes. of the stream-aligned teams. More specialist knowledge. Okay. And more, um, more they are more supplying stream-aligned teams. Right. They are more suppliers. They are... They are that the customers are the streamlined teams to okay. the platform teams. Okay. All right. So, mm -hmm. so that's for in in, uh, in how I've um, interpreted this. And I, again, I may be wrong, but we have effectively feature teams and component and one or, or many more component teams. And the interesting thing about team topologies is they they also they specify the types of interactions right. that these teams might have. Okay. So as that as yeah. that organization scales, as the cognitive load is shared, it's not suggesting that these teams work in isolation in silos, but there might be times, there might be um, phases, if you like, where those teams need to operate together, need to collaborate together. So we're we talking, we're not talking handoffs then. No. Okay. So so it's, I think it's just again, it, it's about trying to specify and maybe even time when these teams might need to, maybe when they're approaching a release or maybe when they're uh, um, building a new uh, part of the, an architecture that's, that's a bit more risky, a bit more, um, requires a little bit more feedback, they can almost specify times and, and instances where they might have to get, get more involved collaboratively. Okay, right. So they wouldn't, that platf the platform team wouldn't be involved in, say, like the, the daily scrums or something of the, of the streamlined teams? They don't have to be, no. Right, okay. They don't have to be. But, for instance, so, so we've got these, again, these little visuals that we can lay on the top here. 
there might be times when certain teams need to collaborate mm. or they might need to uh, operate together. I see. So the fact that you're placing that to the further to the right means that that's almost like towards the end of a sprint or release rather than because the flow rather of change the goes... Okay, got you. Rather yeah. than the beginning, yeah. So again, it's just uh, it's it's not just the types of teams that might be involved. It's also the types of behaviours that you might be expecting to see across these teams, mm -hmm. and how just giving each each team a an understanding of how they need to operate together and who they need to operate with, mm -hmm. so they don't become uh, these silos. Um, they've got some other interesting aspects, different types of teams that they talk about. Um, they've got complicated subsystem teams. What kind of things might they be? So that might be something that where you need to hire specialist knowledge okay. that's outside of your current stream aligned teams. Mm -hmm. Maybe if you're building a new high-end or a, a highly encrypted security aspect to your system mm -hmm. where you need to employ mathematicians or, you know... Um, or a large language model. Artificial yes. intelligence. Yes. Mm. So something like some some kind of specialist knowledge. It's probably going to be more of a, a short-term team mm -hmm. behavior or a short-term team setup, and it might be more uh, built around certain milestones. Milestones, but we can again we can plan in where that type of team might be spun up and required. Uh, and you've also got um, lots again other different ways of of operating between teams where you can imagine certain teams might be not necessarily collaborating, but helping, assisting other teams. So we've got this facilitating uh, behavior whereby platform teams might be just might be attending planning sessions, yeah. mainly there to advise, to help teams learn, to help teams um, understand new parts of a platform, of parts of the architecture. Okay. So not necessarily directly working on something together, mm. but more just being available. I'm going to mess around with your your layout here. Yeah. So so you might have this this platform team facilitating this stream aligned team, but collaborating with this stream aligned team. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. I like it, Jeff. Okay. Yeah. So you've got um, you've got you can kind of visualize how the organization may well be set up, and it's and it's it may well be. Something that's quite fluid. It may well be something that, that changes over time, but it just helps people, teams, and, and, and members of those teams understand who they are, but also who they're um, supposed to engage with. Okay. So, would you, and so did you go through this kind of process with those teams? Were they starting? At the time, I didn't, but I wish, I, I think uh, now I'm in, I'm in a better situation, better sense of understanding to go back and try. Okay. Because it's they talk a lot in, in team topologies about Conway's law, mm -hmm. which is the idea of trying to um, embracing that, wh whereby rather than just creating or letting the team size swell to try and incorporate all these different areas of knowledge, it's saying pay attention to that and actually start to break up that knowledge and form new teams Kay. when that is required. My, I have a concern, right? All right. I have a concern. Mm -hmm. um, and it's all great. Um, and I suppose part of me worry, has a worry. That is it's not this, like you to worry. Is this something that, is it starting to, is it, has, it, has it the seed of potentially, if it's poorly done, of going back a stretch back away from 
collaboration, more towards more traditional departmental knowledge areas of knowledge. Well, this was what this was kind of what I wrote down, made made a little note of when you said splitting off some of the cognitive load. Yes. And so for me, my concern would be that you wouldn't want to split out elements of the cognitive load that diluted that streamlined team's definition of done. No. So I don't I don't see anything here that says you know def a, a container of doneness within all these different teams. But I would want even within one streamlined team, you could still take this down to a quite a micro level and say, you know, you you're the Java guru. So mm. um, while other people can do that, you know, it, actually you might be more of a mentor because we need to upskill across the teams. And that might be... So the process that I would go through is something that we call um, competency mapping. So we would start with value streams and say, what skills do we need to be able to do the activities required to deliver this value stream? Mm. Where are the competencies individually and team-based? Are there any bottlenecks? Um, and so the bottlenecks might be in the short term the equivalent here of a platform team because mm. we don't have the capacity across um, but that's it's kind of a short term necessary dysfunction mm. but we don't want it to become a crutch no. and, and that was I think my similar concern to yours is that if we took whatever that platform team is now responsible for out of the streamlined teams to reduce their cognitive load, mm. is that introducing a handoff mm. and extending the overall cycle time. Mm. And this is the thing, I think it's, um, it's, again, as most of these ideas are, it's dangerous if, if a lack of understanding and principles, the generic uh, principles of collaboration are, are well understood and well embedded. Um, yeah, go on. I it was just going to say that that's not a team topologies thing necessarily. No, it's not that team topologies is saying you should have platform teams. No, um, it's just a way of visualizing that that is a quite a common thing, and and actually by visualizing it like this, it could lead to those kind of conversations. Mm. How do we avoid you know the handoff? So if if the collaboration is towards the right hand side of the the flow of change here. Is there a risk that we get to the end of that time box and there's a problem? Mm. And do we need to have other opportunities to, to collaborate? Or yeah. or, or and it's, it's interesting because um, it's not necessarily suggesting that everyone has to be in one team, which again can, can bring its, its own potential bottlenecks and, and dysfunction around communication. Um, what was interesting as well from from reading a bit more about it is it's um, is the alignment to safe. I don't know if you know this, but I've said the S word. I'm sorry about that, everyone. Okay. But um, it's incorporate team topologies now is incorporated into the safe um, the safe framework. Um, and is this episode sponsored by Safe? No, <laughs> it is most certainly not. Um, Good. But it was interesting that you know when you look at the definition of agile team within SAFE, it, na it names these types of teams. as th These are the types of teams. Well, streamlined and platform teams. Uh, uh, yeah, okay, and, right. and, and, and uh, complicated subsystem teams and, and lots of others. So it's interesting that, uh, well, I suppose, my, my I have some concerns about it, I think. I think it's good, but I think I, I, I'm, I have some concerns. Okay, but as a, as a, like a practical tool, mm for actually facilitating a conversation around a workshop around and making things visual mm. 
I like it. It's yeah. quite it's quite low-fi, isn't it? It's almost like paper prototyping, but well, it's an easier way uh, to to look at yeah team structures and an organisational change, hmm. an organisational structure. Uh, absolutely. Uh, the fact that I like the fact that it's low-fi, and so actually, if if we if you and I or the teams, you know, invented a new type of team that there, it wouldn't take much to create a coloured piece of card, no. and cut it out, and you know, span it across there. Yeah, absolutely. And that's uh, like um, an exercise workbook you got there, isn't it? Like really yeah, pop them out again. And this is a, this is a very much this is available from our friends at Agile Stationery. If anyone's interested to to get a copy of these, um, but yeah, you can visualize your your organizational structure with some of these handy little uh, pop outs. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pivot. Okay. And so. When when you uh, when we're talking about landlord logic and your idea that yeah, teamwork isn't uh, it means that we it's a way of spreading the failure yeah spreading um, the blame yeah spreading the blame that's it um, my what what flagged up in my brain was a phrase and I don't know whether this is something from a pub probably was which is a team that drinks together stays together yeah okay <coughs> I've heard that many times now I've also seen teams that drink together fall out <laughs> yeah <laughs> but. Um, that sense of yeah, we'll, we'll we'll talk things through. We'll we'll talk informally. You know, we'll we'll change the setting. We'll relax together. That idea of breaking bread and whatever builds that sense of bond. And so I'm looking at this and thinking, which of these teams would drink together? Could be coffee, could mm. be water. Um, but yeah, so the streamlined teams, I think, well. You know, most of the cross-functional teams that, that I've seen really high-performing, I've seen much more of a sense of team in what topologies are calling streamlined teams than I have in platform teams. To me, platform teams are people with a similar kind of skill set, with a similar job description, who are in a functional department. Um, just maybe, maybe they have like Christmas do's <laughs> or something like that. But you don't. I don't tend to see those platform type teams who serve you know, the actual sexy customer delivery type teams. Um, actually, bonding over drinks, over lunchtime, or having a retrospective in a pub or whatever. Whereas the value stream teams, I, th I think, would. Interesting. And so when you talk about splitting out the cognitive load, if you had people going, and this might just be quite, it might not be physically, but actually stepping out of that stream-aligned box and into the platform box, kind of, my, my initial instinct is, oh, I feel sorry for them. <laughs> They're going from... from I've, uh, yeah, but I don't, I, don't know, I, don't, I don't know if that's necessarily true because you can have, in team topologies, they talk about, as they talk about Dan Pink's um, autonomy, mastery, and purpose yep. a lot as well. They, they mention that as a way of, of motivating. And they're saying even within these uh, platform teams, you've still got a high, um, a, a high uh, amount of purpose because the teams believe that the components and, and the elements of that that they're supplying have a purpose to these other teams. They might not have a purpose to the customer directly, but they have a purpose to the teams within the organization. So Yeah. Uh, so I, I've never thought of this before. I've never thought of it like this before. That if you think of autonomy mastery, AMP, autonomy mastery and purpose. Yeah. 
the balance would be different across those teams. I would, I would be confident in saying that on the whole, purpose levels are higher in stream-aligned teams than in platform okay. teams. And I would also be confident in saying that mastery is higher in platform teams than yes, in stream-aligned teams. I'd agree. And I think there's an element of trade-off there, potentially. Mm -hmm. um, and it's also made me think of... Um, do you remember Dan Ariely, the person's name you can't say? Ari Ari yeah. Ariola. Yeah. Dan Ariola. Dan Ariely. Um, predictably irrational, among many other... TED Talks, yeah. Uh, books and TED Talks. He one of the things he he was talking about was um, tokenization. So if I was to be paid money or pay with money, that has a significant impact. Whereas if I'm using a poker chip as a token of money, I'm less attached to it because it's one step of abstraction removed. And so. For me, this is almost because I'm my customer is no longer a customer. Mm. My custom, I'm delivering to a team that's delivering to a customer. I'm one step of abstraction away from full purpose. I'm less attached to it. Mm. It's further in the distance, mm. and that team gets more of the credit than I do. They feel more good and warm and fuzzy. Mm. I agree, and it's a, it is a trade-off because I also I agree with that, but I also can see how this having one team that's trying to do everything, it, it, it swells. The amount of things that, and the amount of potentially siloing within teams mm -hmm. will naturally, we've seen it before, naturally happens. Yeah. These platform specialists emerge within, even within a, a streamlined team because you need the one person in your team you can go to who can deal with that, that plat part of the platform. They're, they're the expert in that. Um, and there's, this is just kind of almost embracing that and saying, okay, that's naturally going to happen. How do we change wi when that does happen? How do we morph when that does happen? Okay, so I, I know you're not arguing against me. However, my, 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 the hairs on the back of my neck started to stick up there because I said, when I, do, when I, when I talk to teams about reorganization and value alignment, value stream alignment, and so on. We'll do this competency mapping, and invariably there will be a few people who are experts in certain areas. And historically, those people are the ones that are given those tasks mm -hmm. because they're the quickest to do them. Mm -hmm. They're the most reliable to do them. Mm. They, they, they're just used to doing it, yeah. right? uh, and pressure is on. And what happens is those individuals become more and more of an individual bottleneck and a risk. So when we talk about actual increasing, first of all, organizational resilience, then team level resilience and individual level resilience, then actually one of the so rules might be too strong a word, but I'm going to use it. One of the rules is if there is an expert in a particular skill mm -hmm. or element of the life cycle, they are the one person that should not do that task. Mm -hmm. And what we're doing, what it looks like we're doing here, and again, this isn't what Team Topologies is saying we should do, mm -hmm. it's just a visualization of it, is we're saying actually take those experts, put them in a separate team. Mm -hmm. So not only are they the ones doing that thing, they're a separate team doing it. 
Yeah. And it's I think that's what you were saying, isn't it? Mm. And it's... I was going to say something else then, which, which I was on a thread which I was going to pull on, which is now gone. <coughs> I think... Well, this is... Yeah. It's a risk, isn't it? That you you build teams... That's what Conway's all kind of suggests, isn't it? That you build, you start to build teams that reflect your organization, organizational architecture. I... Yeah. That's or communication structures mimic your arch- your organisational architecture. Something along those lines. Something like this. Um, now, you talked me through the use of this physical tool. Yes. From a starting point of streamlined teams who are becoming overly cognitively loaded. Yes. I can also imagine it from the other way around, which is the starting point of we've got functional silos. Here are our functional silos. Um, what do we need to put in place to mitigate the impact of those functional silos while we slowly go about restructuring our organisation to be more stream-aligned? Mm. Yeah? Yeah, so as, a, as a transformation tool. Yeah, and again, it's it, the tool itself is just a visualisation tool. Yeah. And it's, it's a conversation focal point. Mm. Um to help you go to first of all visualize where you are then potentially work out where you want to be and how you might go about doing that but getting that common understanding in a in a, in a sort of pictorial format mm. it's quite a nice way to, to, to visualize it yeah it's tactile absolutely get your hands on a, a copy now from uh, <coughs> agile stationery heavy stuff that was yeah nice nice um so is there a, is there a moral to the story? Is there is there like a, a summary, a takeaway? I don't know. Maybe not. I don't know. I think it's I think it's a a I think it's a complex area that you could you could talk around for a long time. And the tools like this are actually quite a nice way to attempt to simplify t- team structures and interactions. Mm. I think the interactions for me is the int- is the interesting part because it's specifying different ways that you that teams have to interact or can interact. Do you need to have read the book to use this tool? Probably. I think it probably helps. Okay. Or you could ask ChatGPT for a summary. Yeah, you could do that. Do it that way. We've we've still at this moment in time got a job, right? ChatGPT hasn't put us out of a job yet. It's only a matter of time, though. Surely. Oh yeah. I mean, if if someone else doesn't get there first, you're already on about asking it to write our next. Christmas I don't think I need help with that. I mean, I'm. When when we yeah, Elton John has got nothing on me. (laughs) Well, no, Bernie Bernie Taupin. Yeah. Yes, there we go. That's our that's landlord logic. Well, oh well, well, seeing as we um, seeing as I brought up ChatGPT, I'm going to put forward a a champagne moment of the week. All right, okay. That's all right. It's not it's not ChatGPT. No, play the jingle. Champagne moment. Um, so it's based on ChatGPT, but um, I was at an online meetup group last this week. Yeah. Uh, the meetup group is Scrum Masters of the Universe, run by a bunch of people like Mark Metzer and Jamie Kriegel. Um in the US time zone, but that doesn't really matter, it's global. And Chris Stone, I'm going to say a good friend of mine, 
he might not consider me a good friend of his, but I, again, uh, he was doing a session on how artificial intelligence is our friend, not a threat. Okay. And I think, I think in general, the public is quite split on artificial intelligence. Some people saying, oh, it's amazing. Others, others saying, oh no, we're doomed. The robots are going to take over. Mm. And I think I kind of flip from one to the other personally. Mm. Some days I think, oh, this is amazing. It's the best thing ever. It's going to help, help humanity elevate itself to transcend to a new plateau. Yeah. Uh, and others, other days I think, oh my God, no, I, I've, I've got no job left. I've got no future left. It's, it's oh, terrible. So, but I think it, the, the, the truth is somewhere in between. And, and what Chris did was, it was probably, it was probably the most engaging presentation okay. I think I've ever seen in a meetup group. Mm -hmm. Because what he did was he actually, first of all, because not everybody there knew what ChatGPT was, so he gave a brief explanation of it. And then he showed how you can, if you're a scrum master, if you're a product owner, if you're an agile coach, very, very quickly get, basically, get this piece of software to do the heavy lifting, a lot of heavy lifting of your job. So he said, well, you know, just input this prompt and it will spit out a, a, um, a what's the word I'm looking for? Um, a tailored, fo a focused retrospective, a themed retrospective for you. Mm. Something that Chris has built his reputation on, basically. He creates these things and he's showing people how this tool can do it for them instead of coming to him for it. Um, how you can, as a product mm. owner, say, I'm building a product in this domain, mm. this is its USP, can you create me some user personas um, and you know, some generate some user stories for me? Wow. And boom. And it'll do it. Yeah. In the click of a finger. Wow. And it's not that you're going to use them there and then. You probably tweak them and tailor them, but a lot of the heavy lifting is yeah. done for you. Yeah. And it's taking, it's aggregating so much information that would take a human ridiculous amounts of time to accumulate and aggregate. The danger, I think, is that we take it at face value and don't actually critique it yeah. um, and put our own intelligence lens on it. But amazing, amazing. Not, not so much the, the software, which is amazing, mm. but I've, I, don't, I don't think I've ever seen so many people in a presentation, first of all, get involved and you know, actually start writing stuff and, and getting their own answers. And then so I'm going to go away and I'm going to do this. I'm going to use this to help my team here and help my team there. Um, so it's, it's, it was recorded. Uh, what we'll do is we'll stick a, a link to it in the show notes. Okay. But yeah, nice to jump. Well done, Chris. Good stuff. Any other things going on? Uh, I've got a little, I've, uh, a little champagne moment to, to mention here. All right. Uh, from my uh, friends at Maiden. Uh, we've talked about Maiden before in other podcasts. Um, and they've been doing a scrum a, wi scrum a while now, and they had a little text from Rob, one of their scrum masters, um, yesterday. And he said, oh, by the way, Paul, we're, doing, we're on our 250th sprint. Hell's teeth. Two fi 250. So a bit of a shout-out to the, uh, the teams at Maiden. Are these two-week sprints or one-month sprints? Two, week, two weeks. Two weeks. You can oh work right. it out. We'll put, oh it, yeah. put, it, put it in. I'm going to ask ChatGPT. <laughs> <laughs> See how long that is. I think it's about seven years I've, I've, I've been working with them. So there must be seven years through that. Um, yeah, so Sprint 250. Well done to um, all the teams at Maiden for doing that. That is a bit of a champagne moment to get to Sprint 250. Um, Rob, Ruth, Roy, all the 
Everyone beginning with R? And, and Lloyd. Oh, uh, Lloyd. Apart from Lloyd. It's, it does sound like a pop group, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, well done. You, you lot, keep, 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 the, uh, keep the faith. Keep going. Cheers. Um, yeah, nice one. Oh, two champagne moments. That's nice. Cool. Pop quiz! Jeff, I have a little bit of a quiz. Oh, yes. I love a quiz. Jeff loves a quiz. And uh, we're going to do our pub quiz this week a little bit differently. We're going to um, invite you all to, to play along with us. Mm. Um, and of course, at the end of it, send in your results and tell us your score. See if you could beat Jeff. In, uh, Probably won't be hard. In, uh, in this. And on the theme of teams, okay. on the theme of teams, we have a, a team... Uh, pub quiz called Famous Foursomes. <laughs> I'll do that again. <laughs> Famous Foursomes. All right. So, uh, Jeff, I'm going to read out. You need a pen and paper for this. Mm. People at home, you need a pen and paper for this. All right. I'm going to read out the names of three members of a famous foursome. Okay. And you have to write down the fourth member. Okay. Why don't, why don't I just say it? Well, because I wanted to do it as a quiz and want right. people to join in. Okay, and that's it, fine. It creates drama if you uh, if we do it one by one. How many questions have we got? Six questions. Six. So I'll give you an example. Oh yeah. Um, hang on a minute. So if I if I said to you, for instance, John, Paul, George, Ringo. Very good. That's the type of thing we're looking for, ladies and gentlemen. So grab your pens and paper at home. Here we go. Here comes question number one. Winner, winner, chicken number dinner. One. So, here are the uh, three names. Samantha, Miranda, Charlotte. Samantha, Miranda, Charlotte. Write down the fourth name. This is a team. You thought it was going to be easy, didn't you? I th it's famous foursomes. And you can't use the internet to help you put your phones away, people. No cheetah bix on my quiz. There can't be that many. Well, so you've got to write down a name, Jack. It's a name. You're looking for a name. If you don't know, you don't Samantha know. Samantha Miranda who? Samantha Miranda Charlotte. Charlotte. Question number two. You'll, I'm sure you'll get this. Right. Egon, Winston, Peter. <laughs> Hope everyone look on YouTube can see Jeff's face now. It's a, it's a, it's a look of bewilderment. I think it's best described. No. No idea? Nothing. Okay. I got nothing. Write down your answers at home, people. I'll give you the answer shortly. Question number three. You will get this one. You'll definitely get this one. Ready? Yeah. Michelangelo. Yeah. Raphael. Yeah. Leonardo. Yeah. Write your answer down. This one for the, uh, one for the kids. That one. That's question number three, I think. Question number four. Brian. Roger. John. <laughs> I thought these were easy. Oh. 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 Got this one. Okay, he's got that one. I think. I thought these were easy. I think. That, everyone, everyone at home has got that. Write, write it down straight I away. I think so. Or shouting it out at their, um, at their iTunes, iPod devices. Yes, got it. Right, uh, next one. This is number five. Yeah. I'm sure you'll get this one as well, Jeff. Eric. Stan. Kenny. Okay, uh, I think I got this. Um, 
Eric. Yep. Stan. I think. Kenny. 80% sure. And then finally, final question six. Inky. Okay. Blinky. Oh, God. Pinky. I mean, I know what they. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Have a guess. Inky, Blinky, Inky, Pinky, Blinky. And what's the fourth one? So, write down your answers, people. Answers coming up next. <laughs> what was the second one? Egon. <laughs> Egon. Egon Winston Peter. Egon. Who the hell's Egon? <laughs> Pop quiz! Alright, here we go. Here, come, here are your answers, people. So the first question number one was Samantha, Miranda, Charlotte. You said... I haven't got a clue. That's not the right answer, Jeff. The right answer was Carrie. Why? You can't spot the team? No. That was Sex in the City. Oh, I never saw it. Oh, well, there you go. So that was number question number one. Uh, question number two, Egon, Winston, Peter. Do you have anything for this? Nothing. Nothing, Nothing. at all. No. So if I said to you, Ghostbusters. No. <laughs> of course, everyone's shouting it out at home now. The answer is Ray. No. Nope. He was the fourth member of Ghostbusters. Michelangelo, question number three. Michelangelo, Raphael, Leonardo, you said. Donatello. Very good. And that the team is? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Heroes in a Half Shell. Very good. And then we had question four. Brian, Roger, John. Freddy. Members of? Queen. Very good. Eric, Stan, Kenny. John. No. Oh, really? What's the team? I thought it was like Monty Python. No, 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 no. You're on the very wrong path there, Jeff. This is South Park characters. Say again, Eric, Stan, Kenny, oh, and Kyle. Kyle, all right. Would be the right so answer. who are the who are the who are the Monty Python people? Eric Idle, yeah. John Cleese, yeah. and Michael Palin. Uh, Michael and answers on a postcard, but the fourth one. Never mind. Terry. There was five, I think. It was Python. I think it was five. Uh, and finally, Inky, Blinky, Pinky. You said. Dinky? No, I'm wrong. Clyde was the answer. Clyde? Yeah. Oh, for God's sake. And of course, what's the team? The ghosts in Pac-Man. They're the ghosts in Pac-Man. Tell us how you got on. Tweet us or write in the comments. How many did Jeff score? Two. Jeff scored two out of six. Nice and easy to beat this week, people. Good luck. Send us your answers. That's the end of the quiz. Last orders. Last orders. Last orders. You want a joke? Yeah, I want a joke. Uh, Make me laugh. Make me laugh, Jeff. Well, I'm not sure about that. Make me laugh. Why did the American football team go to the bank? Go to the bank? To the bank. I don't know. To get their quarterback. Ba-dum. That's a grown joke. It's a grown joke. Yep. So remember to drink and sprint responsibly. Cheers, everybody. Cheers.